0: Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kema Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. So this morning, I'm going to talk about eternal judgment. Um... If you've been with us for a while, you know that we're, we're covering these six basic fundamental teachings, and I'm just hitting the surface on Sunday mornings, and then on uh, Wednesday night, we're drilling down deeper. It's important for us to understand these basic fundamentals in order to move forward in our spiritual maturity. The, the Greek word for foundations is to be grounded, established, made firm, and unwavering. So are you unwavering in your, in your firm foundation with the Lord? Are you solidifying this relationship? Are you growing in that relationship? So let's look at Hebrews 6.1. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. So, as we begin to look at these fundamental teachings, and as we begin to drill down on Wednesday night, we're getting a better understanding of God's purpose and plan, and we're getting a, a better understanding of these basic fundamental things that we need to, to grasp and understand. And I think that even though these are basic, I think there are a lot of Christians that don't understand these basic things. I know that going through the, this series and coming on Wednesday night has helped me. It's helped me get a better grasp and understanding of these truths and principles that that the Lord wants us to have. Not only have, but understand, not just so that we get it, but so that we can teach others. Because I'm telling you, there are a lot of Christians out, out here that have been walking with the Lord for a long time that don't have a very good understanding of these, these basic principles. And we have the opportunity to grasp these and really get these down in us where we can train and equip others. Because as I talked about a few uh, weeks ago, that you guys are the ministers. My role is to train and equip and lead and feed but all of us are in full-time ministry, and so every one of us have great opportunity and influence to, to pour into other lives. And listen, there are a lot of Christians that need some mentors. They need to see some people that go out and live it, that have a good understanding of the Word of God. Because a lot of times the Word of God is not being taught in churches. And this topic that I'm teaching on today, eternal judgment, I don't know how many preachers or, or teachers are, are, are talking about this. Because, you know, people don't want to talk about things that are uncomfortable. Because, oh no, don't talk, about, don't talk about hell, because people may not come to your church. People need to know about hell. We don't want people going there. <laughs> we need to talk about tithing. People need to understand that when we return the, the first of our increase to the Lord, that He blesses back. Why wouldn't we want to talk about that and teach people that? Are we so concerned that they're going to get offended that we'll let people go to hell? (laughs) My first point this morning is our life is eternal. We will live forever in bodies that will never die or decay. And we tend to focus on the temporal. We are spiritual beings contained inside of a physical body. Our spirit and soul will live forever, and we will be given a new body that will last forever. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, we, we think that, or, or we see in our life, we see that someone is born, and then they die. And it seems like that's it. It's over. I know that my, my dad passed away uh, almost 27 years ago. And I remember when he died. It, it seems so surreal because here is a man that's been there all of my life. You know, I've never known life without my dad being there. And and so I wake up one one morning, and and he's not there anymore. He's not here anymore. He's up there. But it seems so surreal. I know many of you have have, have uh, experienced that. And. Uh, Heather and Jason had have just lost their mom, and so they're probably they probably can really relate. It's like, no, I must be dreaming. I mean, she's been here all of my life and now she's gone. That 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 just doesn't seem possible. It doesn't seem real. But the reality is your mom is in heaven. And those of us that have accepted Christ and, and our ancestors and family that have died and gone on, they're living forever. They're just not here, and we will be reunited with them one day. But most of us are consumed with our normal, everyday life, the here and now. But are we spending time receiving from the Lord? I was thinking about the decisions and the choices that we make today have an eternal impact. I mean, if you if you step in front of an 18-wheeler going 80 miles an hour, and you get splattered, there's there are consequences for that. And the same thing with the decisions that we make today. Primarily, have we received Christ as our Lord and Savior? That has an eternal impact on whether we receive Him or reject Him. But are we training up our children and our grandchildren? Are we building godly character in them? Because it not only has an impact now, but, but later. And, and so, what, are we being faithful? Are we being obedient? Because, well, let me, let me move on. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. But are we spending time with the Lord? Are we receiving his perspective? Are we getting an understanding of these basic fundamental things that there is an eternal judgment, that there is eternal life, that there's more to it than this? The concept of eternity is a is a tough one to grasp because we live in such a finite world. You go to work at at eight o'clock, you get off at four thirty, and you know, everything is is within the time frame of of what we understand. But can we grasp that God is outside of time? And time really is for us. But living forever. What about eternal judgment? Ooh, there's a hot topic that's probably not talked about in a lot of churches. But we, we need to talk about these things. Let's go back to verse two. You don't need further an instruction about baptisms, and we've talked about that, the laying on of hands, talked about that last week, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And I I flipped these this week because next week is Resurrection Sunday, right? And I thought, well, let's do uh, resurrection of the dead next week, and let's skip ahead to eternal judgment. Um, So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verses 40 and 53. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on earth. Okay, we know that there are angels, right? We know that there are people on earth. Okay, so there are bodies in heaven and there are bodies on earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. And so we look around and we say, wow, we are beautiful people. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you're a beautiful person. Yes. Yes. And so, we all, we, we all have these earthly bodies, but one day uh, we'll have a heavenly body, and the heavenly body is going to be different than our earthly bodies. Let's read on in verse 53. For our dying bodies must be, say must be, must be. transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. And we see that in the scriptures with Jesus after he died and rose in luke twenty four verse fifteen I think it is Jesus is on the road to Emmaus after he's died and and uh, uh rose again and there's these two believers and they're walking down the road, and Jesus appears to them i and I think it's kind of like poof they were they're probably walking along and they're like, "Oh oh where'd you come from we didn't hear you on the road behind us and Jesus is talking uh he, he, he the, These guys invite him. You know the story. These guys invite him to come and have a meal with him. And he begins to share the scriptures. He begins to unpack the scriptures. And all of a sudden, they recognize. They're like, oh, this is Jesus. This is the guy that we were telling you about. And then suddenly, Jesus disappears. He's gone. So he he, he shows up for a while. And then, then suddenly he's gone. I was thinking about this. Have you? Did you ever play hide and seek when you were a kid? Right? Somebody goes to the tree and they they hide they hide their eyes for thirty seconds or whatever it is, and and everybody runs and hides. Right? I don't think that's going to be a real popular game in heaven. Hey, look! I found him. Here he is, right here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Look! Look! He's right here. He's right. Where is he? And I, you know. I I don't know this and I don't mean this to be disrespectful in any way but I think Jesus had some fun sometimes. You know? I think I think he had some fun. Do you ever have fun? Come on now. Is it is it okay to have some fun? You know, and I just wonder if Jesus didn't have some fun sometimes with these guys. So anyway, uh these guys are uh they they recognize Jesus and then he disappears. So they go to the disciples. They're like, "Hey, Dude, you're not going to believe what happened. We were, we were talking to this guy about Jesus and, and saying, Hey, haven't you heard the story about what happened? And then we invite him to come have a meal with us. He comes home with us and, and he begins to explain these scriptures to us and unpack all the stuff that we can understand. And then we realize, Hey, this is Jesus. And then he disappears. And so these guys are telling his disciples this story. And guess what happens? As they're telling this story to the disciples about this encounter with Jesus, boom, Jesus shows up. Peace be with you. Yo, what's up, dudes? No, he didn't say that. He said, peace be with you. And, and so they freak out. <laughs> they're freaking out. And Jesus tells them, look, I'm not a ghost. They're thinking, is he a ghost? You know, what is this? And Jesus is saying, no, I'm not a ghost. Look at the holes in my hands. Look at the holes in my feet. Touch me. Come on. It's me, guys. And, and then Jesus says, hey, man, I'm hungry. Do you guys have something to eat? <laughs> so they give him some fish and chips or something, right? And, and they're watching him eat because they're freaking out. They don't understand. And so it's apparent that Jesus has a new body that he's able to do some things, walk through walls, and he just kind of shows up, peace be with you, and they're freaking out. So let's look at Romans uh, 8, 21 and 23. The creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children and glorious freedom from death and decay. Death and decay entered into all of humanity when Adam and Eve sinned. We were not designed to carry Sin and, and death and decay. But when sin entered into Adam and Eve, when they sinned, then sin became part of our DNA. And we know that the scripture says when sin comes to fruition, it leads to death. And so death is a result of sin. So let's read on in verse 23. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a, a foretaste of future glory, For we long for our bodies to be released from the sin and suffering. We long for our bodies to be released from the sin and suffering. And I was thinking about that passage of Scripture, and I was thinking, that's probably something that we're not even really aware of. But we were never designed to carry this sin and suffering and so probably, you know, intuitively, we have this, this desire within us to be released from that, but because we have never known anything different, we really don't recognize it. Does that make sense? And because, uh, you know, we're, the word says that we're, we're born in sin, we're conceived in sin, we live in a sinful world, we know there, there are consequences, but I think intuitively we we want to be released from that sin and suffering that we may not even consciously realize um, i'm just not sure that we really understand it because I never really thought about that i've never prayed God I, want, I can't wait till i 'm released from the sin and suffering. Have you ever prayed that? I never have because I don't think I've ever really realized the influence or the impact that sin and suffering has on my life because you know if if, if you uh, have a uh, a common situation that you've been born with. Maybe maybe you've been born with a, uh, a malady, you know, uh, you're deaf in one ear or you can't see very well or something. You don't know really that there's a better way. You don't know what it's like to hear out of both ears or you don't know what it's like to see perfectly without your glasses on because you, you, you've never known what that's like. And so I don't think we've ever really understood what it's like to be without sin and suffering because we've never lived there. But one day we will. Amen. Um, We too, Paul's saying, we too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including, including what? New bodies he has promised us. So many Christians fail to become spiritually mature because they have no concept of or a false concept of eternity. I mean, stop and think about this. We're going to live for all of eternity. I I have a hard time understanding that. You know, I, I'm I'm thinking. Okay, I, I live a. We, we think that we we live a hundred years now, or 120 years, whatever, and uh, and then this ends, and then maybe we go live another 120 years in heaven. Can we grasp maybe 120 years here and eternity more than 120? more than a 100,000, more than, you know, a million. I mean, we need some help. I need some help understanding that. So we need to understand that there's also eternal judgment, and we need to have the proper understanding for our life now and our life for when we leave this earth to live for eternity with Jesus. The Lord wants us to have his vision. The Lord wants us to have his understanding have an eternal perspective. The Bible uses 10 words translated into English for eternal or forever. Seven of those are Hebrew in the Old Testament words, and three are Greek in the New Testament words. These 10 words, meaning uh, eternal or forever, are used over a 1,000 times in the Bible. So if God has and His Word has talked about eternal or forever over a thousand times, do you think it might be important? <laughs> do, you, do you think maybe we might need to have a better understanding of this and maybe what we do? God is not limited by space and time. He, now this is another concept that's hard for me to grasp, He is without beginning or end. Because we think in our finite mind, okay, there has to be a beginning. I plant a seed, and then a few weeks later it, blow, it grows up into this plant or whatever. A baby is born, and we're thinking that's the beginning of time for that child. And then that the baby grows up to be an old person and dies, and we think that that's the end, but it's not. And so this concept of eternity is mind-blowing for me. God is sending Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt in Exodus three fifteen thirteen 13 through 15. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I say I am. Say this to the people of Israel I am has sent me to you God also said to Moses say this to the people of Israel Yahweh the God of your ancestors the God of Abraham the God of the God of Isaac the God of Jacob has sent me to you See he's saying I am he's saying he's saying not don't tell them I I was. Don't tell them that I will be. I am always. I am. <laughs> the The oldest, uh, what's believed to be the oldest psalm written by Moses, is Psalm ninety, verse one and two. Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. Before the mountains were born, before the mountains were born, before before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you are God. So my first point is, is that we are, our life is eternal and that God has a purpose and plan for us. And so the decisions that we make, the uh, the choices that we make, the yielding to God that we make have an impact now, but also for all of eternity. Because if we choose to reject God, if we choose to allow him access into our life if we choose to obey what he's asked us to do it's going to have an impact and i'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes but when when i get to heaven when we get to heaven i want to i want to hear well done thy good and faithful servant enter in you've done all the things that i've asked you to do the advancement of technology has made some things easier but instead of us slowing down i think we're getting busier that's what it seems like i mean you you think back when before they had air conditioners and televisions people would sit out on the front porch because it was cooler to be outside they were interacting with their neighbors they were probably chilling out having some iced tea on the porch and then the tv was invented and people said oh look at this look at this television let's go watch tv let's see what's on tv and so people begin to go inside and have less interaction with their neighbors and now with smartphones i mean You know, you have access to everything right there. And you see that as reflective in today's society. You'll see two people sitting right next to one another. Instead of talking, they'll be texting one another. (laughs) Wouldn't that make more sense? Maybe you just talk to one another. Hey, what's up? Okay, so anyway, the advancement of technology, I think, has caused our pace of life to accelerate because of all the things that we fill our life with. So we're thinking, okay, technology is going to be good. Now, now robots and or robotics can do things that I used to have to do manually, but we just fill it up with other stuff. And unfortunately, a lot of that stuff is not godly. It's not drawing us to God. It's not drawing, building this relationship with him. It's just stuff that we fill our life with. So what about God's plan for your life? Are you taking some time to to seek the Lord? What about your children or grandchildren? Are you seeking the Lord about them? Are you having conversations with them? They're coming to church. They're getting the word of God. Son or daughter, what do you feel like God is speaking to you? What do you feel like God's purpose and plan for your life is? How can I help you? How can we develop what God is uh, building in your life and what God is speaking into your heart and life? How can we help you to fulfill God's purpose and plan that he has for you? So I want you to consider your life. They say that, uh, movies are filmed at 24 frames per second, okay? So for every second in a, in a film, there's 24 frames. And although, although technology can go well beyond that at this point in time, but I guess that's what our brain can absorb or whatever. But anyway, imagine that your, your life is one frame of those 24 frames in a second, and consider that, um, that this whole life is, is a two-hour movie. And consider that your life is one frame of 172,800 frames. It's just a whisper in time. And, you know, the, the word says that our life here on earth is but a vapor. And, and the older you get, it seems like the faster life goes. I remember when I was young, I was like, oh, I can't wait till summer's over. I get to go to school. And it seemed like summer would last forever, and then I finally got to go to school. And then, you know, as you grow older, it it seemed like summer would just fly by. And nowadays, it's like, man, it's 2019. Not not what happened to last year. What happened to last decade? Where did it go? And so life is but a vapor. Let's look at James 4.14. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. So have you noticed how quickly life is advancing? And what are we doing with our life? Are we pouring into others? Are we receiving from the Lord? Are we growing in Him? Are we we walking in the calling and the anointing and the things that God has given us? Are we handling our responsibilities well? With training up our children and, and being uh, influencing the, the people around us for the, with the love of Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. God saved you by his grace. When what? When you believed. God, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So God has a purpose and plan for us that he planned when? Long ago. I don't know how long ago, but it could have been a long time ago. But God, the point is that God has a purpose and plan for you that he wants all of us to walk out. We were created to have fellowship with God and rule over his creation through God's delegated authority given to us. And see, the, the thing is, some people don't realize the authority that's been given to them as a Christian, that God has already allocated to us. So are we walking in the authority that God has given us? Jesus said in Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen. I've been given, what, all authority in heaven and on earth. Go and, what, make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And what else did he say? He said, go and teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you. Jesus desires this personal, intimate relationship with us and with others. He desires that we have the same kind of passion for others, for him and others, that he has. The motivation is love. That's the key. That's what drives the Lord to do all these things. And that's that's what should be driving us in our daily life, is love. So my first point is our life is eternal. The second point is God has a purpose and plan for us. And the third point is let's go out and let's go do this thing. Come on. And so this coming uh, Sunday, we have a great opportunity. There's many of you guys that are going to be getting down there at 5 or 5.30 in the morning to set up. It it takes work to live this thing out. It takes work to be a disciple. Not that we're not earning anything, but we're just doing the work of building the kingdom. Somebody has to go. The disciples didn't just sit in their room and say, Okay, well, uh, you know, we just pray that everybody gets the message of Christ no they had to go out and there was a cost associated with that it cost them their life it cost them you know giving everything that they have so john let's look at john 316 through 18 this is a familiar scripture but let's look at this so let's really look at this and say God open our understanding open our hearts to what you're really trying to say here for god loved the world so much that he gave He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. That's God's desire, that we would all have eternal life. There are jail cells, there are prison cells that are available for people. But we don't want people living in those conditions. We don't want people living in jail. We want people living in freedom. But listen, if somebody goes and does something wrong and they get, they get, uh, 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 they're found guilty, then there are consequences. And yet there are people, there are Christians that don't understand that Jesus came to set us free. And so why are we going to go bind ourselves up with all kinds of stuff? Because it's God's desire that everyone will believe in Jesus and will not perish but have eternal life. That everyone will experience this relationship with Him and grow in that relationship and have eternal life with Him. Verse 17, God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through Him. So Jesus didn't come to judge. He came to save the world. Verse 18, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. There's no judgment. When we come to Christ and we say, I'm giving my life to you, we need to understand that Christ paid it all. And so there's no judgment for us. The Greek word for judgment is kino. It means to be judged in a court of law or privately or to pick out or choose by separating out. Judgment can be a positive thing, right? Where maybe you're in a car accident, somebody ran a red light and they crashed into your car, and so you go to court and you're like, look, it, it wasn't my fault, I was just following the law, and so you're judged, and, and the judgment may, may be that you're found innocent. So th- that can be a good thing, or judgment can be negative. And that's where you are re, re, uh, reject or condemn, such as found guilty. Um, so if you're guilty of breaking the law, running the red light and crashing into someone, there's a judgment for you as well. So judgment is more than just a decision. It includes enforcement of the judgment, right? Because if you're innocent, your judge, okay, you're judged, okay, you're innocent. You can go free. And also, this guy's going to have to pay your deductible on your insurance. Or you're, you're found guilty. Okay, it's not just that you're guilty. You caused this accident that, that damaged uh, property. And now you're going to have to pay the consequences. So it's not just a decision, but it's also enforcing of the judgment. There is no condemnation for us when we are saved through Christ. And a lot of people need to really understand that, that it's really pretty simple that we receive Christ and there's no judgment. Romans 8, 1 through 4. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Now the Holy Spirit may convict. Have you ever been under conviction? Okay, you know... You know the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you. You know you shouldn't say that, be quiet right now. Just go in the other room. <laughs> don't stop at specs. Don't do that. don't say that. Don't get angry. Get, get get in control of your emotions. So there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, but thankfully we have the Holy Spirit who will bring conviction and speak to us. Last night there were six of us here praying. We're going to start praying. Every Saturday night from 9 to 10. 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And I've thought about this. I've thought, okay, so your kids don't have soccer games. You've already mowed the yard. I don't think you're out there with one of those helmets with a light on it mowing the yard at 9 o'clock at night. You've already had dinner. And so I'm trying to make this as uh, convenient for everyone. So we're praying from 9 to 10. Every Saturday night we're going to pray. And so we want you to come and join us if you can. But... One of the things, the, the Lord, well, let me just say this. The Lord gave me some revelation last night as we were praying. And it's it would seem like, it's like, duh. But, you know, the Holy Spirit is here to guide us and lead us. And sometimes what seems so obvious, God will begin to speak and, and open the door of our understanding to that it's like, Duh. But wow, that's amazing. That's revelation to me, God, because you're revealing something. And so we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us through our life and speak to us and help us. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, lives in me. Uh, Romans 8.3, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. Christ wasn't a sinner, but he came in a body. He was fully God and fully man. He experienced the same emotions that we experienced. And I think I talked about it last week when Lazarus died and, and Jesus wept. Because he felt those emotions. He, he was able to, and he did raise him from the dead. But still, Jesus was feeling those emotions. He cried. <laughs> and so, Jesus can relate to everything that we have gone through or that we will go through because he's experienced all of those emotions and the same things that we experience, all the temptations, but he, the difference is he did not sin where we fall. And we will sin. We do sin. We have sinned. But the point is is that Jesus understands. And so that's why the word says we can go boldly to the throne of grace and present our petitions with thanksgiving because Jesus is there and he understands. Verse 3 continues, And in that body God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us or giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. So when we come to the Lord, when we give our life to the Lord, we should be no longer following our sinful nature, but following the Spirit of God. Because we have the Holy Spirit living in us, and God is changing our life. He's transforming our life. Let's go back to John three eighteen through twenty one. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. Verse nineteen and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. And so it's based on this fact that Jesus came and he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the light of the world. And people have said, well, you know, I, I don't really want to maybe go to church because people may have, they may be able to see through my exterior. They may be able to see this stuff in my life. Or I may feel bad when I go to church because the Holy Spirit's convicting me or whatever. What is that? Selfishness? Pride? It's the root of pride. No, I want it my way. John 3.20 All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. Pride. Are we a people that say, God, would you bring exposure to my life? Would you bring exposure to me? The Word says the, the heart is deceitful among all things. Who can know it? We can't even know our own heart. So we need to be open and say, God, will you expose in me what's not pleasing to you? And when I do something that's not pleasing to you would, would you, would you speak to me about that? Would you help me? Would you help me to be kinder? Would you help me to be more loving? Would you help me to be less prideful? Would you help me to be less selfish? Would you help me to be more Christ-like? There's only one way to heaven. Only through Jesus. Not through our works. Not through performing. Not through religion. Not through Muhammad. Not through Buddha. Not through 44,000 Hindu gods. There's one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So are we understanding this, are we living this out? Are we sharing this with other people? There's only one way. And we can do that in a loving, gracious way. But if we care about people, we're going to want to see them go to heaven. John 3.18 There is no judgment against anyone who believes in Him, but anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. Those who receive Christ will live for eternity with him. Those who reject Christ will live apart from Christ for all of eternity. Not for a hundred years, for all of eternity. And the Bible talks about hell. Hell is a real place. And there are a lot of people who say, oh, don't, don't talk about hell, fire and brimstone. Well, hell's a real place. It was never designed, hell was not designed for people. It was designed for Satan and his demons, his minions. It wasn't designed for people. Just like sin, we were not designed to carry around sin and guilt and shame and all these things that we sometimes may carry around with us. We weren't designed to carry that. But it's a simple choice that we have. We can either receive Christ and live for eternity with, with him, or we can reject Christ and be separated from, uh, from, uh, from him forever. And hell is not going to be a, a fun place. There was a song out a number of years ago, No Surfing in Hell. It's not going to be like, hey dude, we're going to be surfing and having a party in hell. No, it's not going to be like that. We're going to be separated from God. And so it's a simple choice that we can live for eternity with Jesus or we can live apart from Him. And let's just make the decision to live with him, okay? And then we don't have to worry about what hell's like. Well, what do you think it's going to be like? Well, what does the Bible say? Well, you know, I don't care about hell because I'm not going there. (laughs) I don't want to go there. I don't have any plans on going to jail or hell. (laughs) So let's live the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. There are two judgments that I want to talk about. The first uh, is eternal life for those who have, Receive Christ, an eternal judgment for those who have rejected Christ. Okay, there's one judgment. Uh, the second judgment that, that I want to mention is uh, for rewards for the believers for their obedience to the Lord and doing what he's asked of us. That's separate than our salvation, okay? If we've received Christ, we're saved. What have, what have we read? There's no condemnation for those who have accepted Christ. Okay, we're not found guilty because Christ has taken on all of our sin. But there's a second judgment of uh, rewards. And are we going to, when we stand before the Lord, and this has nothing to do with salvation now, we're already saved, right? We're saved because we've accepted Christ. And so God is going to say, well, here, I, I gave you these things to do. Were you faithful with the things I gave you to do? And then we're going to be rewarded according to our obedience. Two separate things. And so what, what are we doing with the giftings and the calling and, the, and the, uh, the things that the Lord has called us to do. Are we being obedient in those things? Are we being good stewards of what God has given us to do? John 3.16. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not afraid. To talk about eternal judgment because I care about you. And I don't want to see anybody go to hell. I don't think any of us want to see anybody go to hell. I don't think we really fully understand the torment of that place. What it's going to be like. Because I don't think any of us have been there. But think about your worst day on on earth and probably magnify that about a million times. And that's probably what hell is like. God did not, does not desire any of us to go to that place. God desires us to be in this intimate relationship with him. Just like you wouldn't want your family members thrown in prison or, or living in, in jail. God doesn't want us separated from him for all of eternity and living in hell. He wants us with him. So when we, you know, when we just understand that it's really not that difficult, it's, it's really pretty simple. It's a matter of receiving Christ and living for eternity with Him or rejecting Christ and not living for eternity with Him. Eternity is not the issue. We're going to live for eternity. It's just a matter of where are you going to live. And it's not about works. We just read that. We're saved by grace through faith when we believe not of our works that anyone should boast so we can't earn our way. It's a simple choice that we make. And you know, I think that maybe it could be too simple for some people. <laughs> as as ludicrous as that sounds, I mean, you, you mean to, to have eternal salvation and live with Christ and be forgiven for all my sins is, is just accepting Christ? No, no. I, no, surely I have to do something. I have to perform. I have to go and wash somebody's car or do something. But no, it's really that simple that we would just receive Him into our life and then that we would yield to Him and allow Him access to begin to work in our lives for our good because He's a good, good Father who loves us, who wants to see us walk in the fullness of life. Just like you want to see your children. You put boundaries and you say, no, you can't have 18 pounds of jelly beans. That's not good for you. But you can have a few because I love you. And when we have the passion that Christ has for us and others, I think we'll be changed. We won't be so concerned about what somebody says about us as we're concerned about their character. And their eternal station in life. Because eternity is not just for people in churches, it's for everyone. And do we understand that there is a day of reckoning? And we want everybody to have their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let me let me turn to the J's here. Yeah, Mark Johnson, you're here. Come on in. Don Perrin, your, your name is here. Come on in. John Flowers, yeah. You, come on in. Come on we got a barbecue pit over there. Fire it up, baby. So that's what God is wanting. Our life is eternal. God has a purpose and plan for us. He's called us to go out and live it. Lord God, I I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you... Give us your word, your uncompromising word, in a clear manner where we can understand. Lord, I I just pray that uh, this morning that you will continue to speak to us. You know, there there are people that God has placed in your life that don't have this relationship with Jesus. And and they may not need to understand these basic things that we're going over. They may not need to understand everything that I talked about today about eternity and and separation from God and, and hell and and all that. But one thing they need is Jesus. And you know that that's a common ground right there that that, that we all have. And so please take some of these. They're in the cafe, take three, four, five, whatever. Whatever you, you think you can hand out. And hand those out and, in, and personally invite people. Say, listen, man, there's a service at the chemo boardwalk. And I'd love for you to come. We're going to have muffins and coffee down there. It's at 730 in the morning. But I'll be down there. And uh, I'll save you a seat. Or, or maybe you can offer to go pick them up. Say, hey, we can ride over there together. And then we have a service at Life Fellowship. And uh, you can come to that as well. Just invite people. Because, God, it's important that we invite people because the Lord wants people to come and meet Him and have this encounter. Jesus said that thief has come to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have what? Abundant life. And there are people that are going to be down there. There are people that may be here at Life Fellowship next Sunday that are not living the abundant life because the thief is stealing, he's killing, and he's destroying their lives. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that's not okay with me. (laughs) It shouldn't be okay with us. So let's take this opportunity to invite and show up. And and I want to thank all of you in advance for helping out down there next Sunday and and helping here as we get things back over here and get things rolling at 10 o'clock. But in the meantime, you have the opportunity to express the love of God to the people in your life and let's do that on a big scale let's do that in a big way because God has done that in a big way for us and we can be a part of that big expansion of his love to others if we choose to go out and live it so thank you for being here this morning I love you. Lord God, I pray your blessings over everyone here today, everyone watching online. Lord God, I pray your blessings over this week that you will help us to just stay focused on you, the reason for this this wonderful season of celebration. And Lord God, that you would remind people uh, this week that we have the the passion of the Christ and, and that we have communion and that we have the fish fry and we have all these things going on that are designed... To help us focus on what you've done for us in our lives. And not only for us, but for those around us. So Lord God, we just thank you for this opportunity to reach into the community and share the hope and love of Jesus Christ with others. So I challenge you as always, make a difference in the world as you go out and... We'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.